the intro? Are we doing the set like the yes. intro that's like the super slick? Yeah, slick. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And now it's time for Steamy Potential. A podcast about great ideas for terrible TV shows. It's your hosts, Nick and Daniel. And welcome to Steamy Potential. My name's Daniel. And I'm Nick. And we are your hosts for this podcast, which is about new TV pilot pitches. We throw each other stupid ideas, and uh, hopefully we're going to settle on the the worst possible one. That's right. Um, hey, ha- I, I threw you an idea a few days ago. Slick I, I intro, know, by the way. I don't know whether so you want to... Th- oh, slimy. <laughs> it is. Um, I don't know where, whether you want to like flesh this out on online in real time mm-hmm. about whether at the end of, of this journey we, we try and actually pitch some of these ideas to the bigwigs in the, um, the executive boardroom. You know... I I think absolutely, but obviously we're gonna have a hundred ideas. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're gonna have to like chis- chisel those down. We'll chisel those down. I have to pick pick our strongest, our strongest, yeah. uh, strongest pitch because I think we go like the top, like three strongest and three weakest, <laughs> and then walk into them and basically just put them in a Manila folder each, and then shuffle them <laughs> before we go in. <laughs> just wild card. Just baby. really wild card it. Just like, oh, that was like, that was like two years worth of ideas in there. Yeah, you really, uh, <laughs> yeah, just burned through them. <laughs> when you just say it back to back. <laughs> um, I, look, I'd be very keen to pitch. Um, and maybe this is something that our, uh, our viewers, um, listeners, not viewers, we can well, discuss that later. Um, our listeners and maybe future viewers, uh, can mm-hmm. help us uh, help us with deciding yeah, which I think that's is the right the best way to do it, and which is the worst. Yeah, and this is gonna evolve over time. We're, we're what maybe halfway to the I centenary. Th- I'd say we're hitting fifty. Hitting fifty is episode twenty, the big two o. So, uh, and we've been kind of averaging three to two ideas per episode. So, I'd say we'd we'd, we'd be very close, if not just ticking over that sweet fifty. Yeah, and you know this this thing will gain steam Ooh. over time. Oh yeah, as it were. But you know, maybe yeah. I don't know how it's going to work. What if, what if like the first hundred are coffee table book? You know, we've always stood by that that goal, and I think it's a really strong goal. And then um, and then I don't know the first like I'm, I'm kind of pacing this thing out. Like if if we've done basically fifty episodes already, and it feels like this is just flitted by uh, in a few months. Maybe we're not ready for for the boardroom in three months' time. Right. Um, and the, maybe we need to hit like two hundred. Well, then for the boardroom. And, and yeah. Well, then yes, absolutely. I guess the other roadblock that we might come up against is that um, mm-hmm. we don't know how to how to get in that room. Mm, yeah, that's part of the journey as well, isn't it? Mm. Not just writing these things and learning out how to sort of put together a nice pitch, but also, you know, figuring out what the, the fuck the TV industry is made of, how that sausage is made. And I think that is, you're right, it is something that we can uh, learn and attempt to do. You know, if you're, mm-hmm. so, you know, if, you, if you're interested in trying to pitch a TV show or create a TV show uh, and have no idea how to do it, then you are like us and you can come along with us as we research it hard, come up with the ideas and, uh, yeah, get as close as we can. Surely, if you come up with 100 ideas, one of them has to be a banger. 
you'd hope, <laughs> right? It's monkeys and typewriters, isn't it? You know, it, it is monkeys and, and typewriters. Two monkeys. <laughs> two monkeys and two typewriters. Two monkeys make a hundred podcasts. <laughs> yeah. One of them's going to be not Shakespeare, but Steamspear. So please, please write into us uh, if you have uh, any suggestions for what you think is is the best show, or if you have an idea that you want us to add to the tally. Um, you can you can reach us at steamypotential at gmail dot com. Uh, mm. Inbox is getting <laughs> amazing a little full. that you got that. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah it is getting full. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe there. no one else wanted Must be that. some good. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. The, the the inbox is filling up, but um, you know, m- maybe nothing yet that is uh, hugely relevant. I mean, a lot of it is about content. the updated terms of service from uh, Gmail. We get a lot Which of Which is important. Yeah. You shouldn't just skip over those. You know, you need to read through your terms of service, people. We need to know. Uh, because they are, you know, the devil's in the details with this. And, and that's why we get so many of these emails. Because we opt in, you know, to updates of Google's terms of service and Gmail's terms of service. I don't want to sound important. But, I mean, we obviously, mm. we speak to the, the team at Google a fair bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At least we certainly try to reply to their recovery emails, security alerts, yeah. uh, strengthening the secu- mostly security stuff, and we'll reply, yep, check this out, looks good. Um, and then it will reply, please, this email is not monitored. <laughs> please, please don't reply please to this email. <laughs> and we reply, yep, sure, no worries, won't do, won't do any more. And then we'll get back another one. I cannot emphasize this email is not monitored. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, right. No, no worries. Sorry about that. Uh, Forgot, sorry. And then you got a chain, and it's back and forth. That's right. That, that's called a discussion. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. That's collaboration <laughs> uh, with us and the and the, sort of that the team at Google, which is cool. Uh, other exciting uh, news. So that's yeah. Is uh, yeah, go ahead. Is that Wenbin Fang uh, sent to uh, some fan mail to let us know that um, Steamy Potential is now on Listen Notes. Yeah, and that's huge because not just um, any podcast gets on that; um, they do actually have to sort of exist on the inter- oh wait no it has 2,700,000 podcasts um no yeah that is all actually all of them it's got all of them there which is good that we are all sit there that's right 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 in the middle yeah <laughs> right in the middle of the, the mob that's good, safety good place middle to be. yeah <laughs> safe in the <laughs> safe in the middle in the nice middle of the pack mm. that's where you live the yeah. longest that's true no pressure to succeed and no fear of being picked off as young and weak. That's right. It's the best podcast search engine. Yeah, that's what they say. Well, they've trademarked and, that slogan. Uh, huh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you can trademark a kind of outright claim of best or worst. Listen notes. Because that's probably going to change over time. And then though. it's very important that it is a title because it's the best podcast search engine each word is capitalized. Okay, I see. Trademark. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It doesn't represent truth. It just represents sort of a design choice. Um, what do you... Do you want to go first or me? Uh, I went first last time, I, I believe. Oh, okay. So, Good. I think it's, uh, it's your sweet turn. Yeah, very nice. Um, yeah, I was trying to remember that past wind before me reference from uh, Austin Powers. Cut that out. Um, cut out the Austin Powers reference. <laughs> If there um, is uh, an award for the worst <laughs> opening to a podcast show, this could be it. Imagine we go, we go in, we go into the boardroom, and we've read 
read over and over the first, you know, make an impression first, like first impressions matter, like got to nail that first sentence, sentence should like elevate a pitch, get it, so get ready and then you walk in, you like slam your hand down and there's a long pause and you're like, oh, I was just thinking about an Austin Powers <laughs> quote but I can't remember it. Um, so this is... <laughs> uh, not even this, like, this has nothing to do with... <laughs> like Austin Powers I can't. is like... <laughs> not even relevant to like, no. and not even a good quote but just oh that's right i didn't know it was your turn oh thank god how dare you pass win before me sorry baby i didn't know it was your turn um be, uh, apropos of us trying to figure out whose turn it was to go first <sighs> and all of that should be at the start of our boardroom pitch i can't emphasize <laughs> that enough <laughs> is this followed by us talking about that <laughs> <laughs> and basically ignoring that there's a boardroom full of Hollywood's powerfullest uh, executives. Of full of power. power. <laughs> so much power. Um, You're going to die, powers. All right. <laughs> there you go. It was relevant. So this is called yeah. <laughs> Chum Rag. The multi-billion dollar corporation Mamuta was founded by Jessica Hemming on a few bucks and a dream. A dream that people should be able to easily learn about what is most important to them. A struggling housewife learns how to fill in balding eyebrows. An aspiring architect learns what the inside of Betty Betty White's house looks like. A cat lover reads about a fellow cat lover who adopted a stray cat and the surprising connection they seem to share. Over time, Jessica's dream becomes a reality. She becomes a billionaire. Mamuta's news fills the bottom of every single website in an endless scroll, and the rest is history. Still, she can't help but feel that the news she loves is being hidden in a box in the corner, especially when it's labelled a chum box. So she headhunts hotshot investigative reporter Chris Longfellow from the New York Times to lead her new department. Mamuta Print. Chris needs to learn the ropes at Mamuda, assemble a team, and launch Mamuda's new print newspaper. From Jessica, he'll need to learn what makes a truly great story, whether it's about bodyguards of the most protected celebrities, the best face mask out of Israel, or how these unsold Caribbean cruisers are almost being given away. So, the concept here is... I love it. <laughs> is the it's based on uh, yeah. based on is a really strong expression, yes. but it's inspired by the real life um, company called Taboola, which runs all of those filthy, endless scroll clickbait news articles at the bottom of like every website, like or on the side of every website, like um, ten uh, ten ways to know that your pokey machine is winning the jackpot. Yeah, you got it. Like, I mean, listener at home, literally go to any kind of raggy news website. I'm Like, I jumped on MSNBC. I'm sure you could go to, like, bizarrely, like, some of the, like, I think maybe, like, Fox, CNN, I mean, Guardian. They they tend not to do them. They, they're a little bit more, they have a version of them. But um, anything that's a bit more clickbaity is going to have basically the bottom of the website is just filled with Taboola's feed. Um, and this bottom of the website is called a chum box. <laughs> this is the official term for like, if you're designing a website, do you want to make a bunch of money by having advertisers sit at the bottom? Okay, then you, you add on a chum box and Taboola manages that for you and they will like inject just infinite news articles. You just keep scrolling, right? You just scroll, scroll, scroll. You will get, um, does your cat throw up often? Try this one trick. You will get, 
Cadillac's thrilling new lineup is finally here. You will get uh, locate almost anyone by entering their name. This is addicting. You will get <laughs> shut the front door. The 2022 Nissan SUVs astonish. Um, and the concept here is firstly, who invented this? And to imagine if they really believe in it. They're like, each of these stories is not just auto-generated by some bot, but that there is some hard-working, committed investigative journalist behind every one of these stories. And like, if you actually click through to them, they're like thrilling and enthralling. But the problem here is for Jessica Hemming, that they're all like hidden at the bottom and they're kind of given the bad name because they're just clickbait. Um, So, hence she starts a sort of newspaper arm of her company to basically publish just these articles in print media um, run by like a a real intense proper investigative journalist from whatever the new york it's such it's such a good idea because because they are like outrageous sometimes or like and and often they kind of (laughs) they like use secrets right um yeah and they seem so shameless as well so to give them this kind of holier than thou <laughs> like vibe like you know yeah like there's a there's a deep yeah, secret here really earnest it's, yeah it's great it's seriously great um i was trying to find some of the ones that i've seen in my time because i've screenshot them every now and then when i see like some ridiculous one and they're often Good. about like pensioners and like you know they know their target yeah. you know they're often like yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah retire i mean boomers basically yeah <laughs> like the on the older end of boomers these are the worst u.s cities for retirees you know this law you didn't know about is affecting your like your, um, yeah, your superannuation yeah and, yeah yeah exactly it's um yeah yeah right so we got this guy and his job is he's just the one that actually finds out this stuff like, like he discovers yeah, five so, secrets that the doctors just don't want you to know about. Exactly. And so, <laughs> well, okay. So, I think there's two stories to tell here. One is like a kind of institutional story. So, you go into whatever the fuck I called it, Mamuta. You go into the Mamuta company, which is huge and bustling. And I guess a little bit inspired by BuzzFeed as well. Because like BuzzFeed really started off as trash and clickbait, right? And now it's like it wins news like reporting awards and it's i think just by pumping billions of dollars into it it's been able to afford proper reporters and so now like if you get a uh if you find an article on buzzfeed i mean it's not guaranteed to be trash half the time it's going to be okay i feel like you could you you make the argument that somehow this chum box of news went through the same process where like mamuda climbed the the ladder and now it it sends out you know it sends out its journalists to um to I'm uh, just scrolling through here historic figures who lived long enough to be photographed so they'd send out their like um, anthropologist and historian journalist and go to like an interview you know some ancient history museum and like anthropology museum and like really get deep deep into the story and then someone else comes along and gives it the uh, the headline historic figures who lived long enough to be photographed but it's still just <laughs> So I think half the story is showing all the hardworking people that take this so seriously and yet the story ends up just being trash or like clickbait for other ads basically. And then then you have this story of the new guy um, who comes along and has to figure out how to like, you know, he's got all these principles about what he should research and maybe he has to 
understand that that uh, Mamuta is really serious about all this stuff. He doesn't. He can't believe it, but he slowly understands that there is really value in a quiz about can you name these vintage items or knowing the signs of multiple sclerosis before they strike. That all of these things are really what the people of the world need to know. And he's, he's got to be like converted around. And then he, he goes on a journey and I guess there's maybe a will they, won't they between Jessica and Chris. Maybe not, maybe that's a bit easy, but um, yeah. I mean, if nothing else, like basically 50% of every episode should just be following a journalist going out and re- researching one of these stories <laughs> like, and taking it extremely seriously. Yeah, I think I, like, like basically it should be like spotlight. <laughs> Yeah, you know, yeah, it yeah, should yeah. Be like- it should be like they all get together, and like there's a photographer, and he's like, you know, he's really scrappy, and then there's like someone who's who's in with the DA and in with the cops and pays them off, and like they're really <laughs> hardworking and like willing to live and die by their job. They like work eighteen hour days, like, and then it should be spotlight. Yeah, yeah, it should be basically like spotlight, and they're like, like people need to know about this. Like, did you hear about this? Like, this is like. And, but then they just they and then it yeah. ends up on on the the fucking chump bucket, so like you know yeah. it's like I'm so glad you caught the chump bucket. I thought it was called the chump bucket as well. It's the chump box. Uh, chump bucket is the SpongeBob thing. Yeah, but, sure is. But but you're right. It, we should call it the chump bucket. Chump box. Like diabetes discovery shocks doctors. Like the people need <laughs> to know about this. Yeah, the like, people need to know about this. Like, That's the thing. And then it gets hidden at the bottom of some article about um, Trump's family. Like it. Like or like the more like offensive and horrible the article, but the more serious and important it actually is. Like. Like there's, um, like there's like a, uh, there's a camp, uh, you know, like the straight camps in, um, in like Christian Mm. like faculties and like this journalist goes undercover into these straight camps and is like, this is like horrible and it needs to be exposed. And it ends up in the chum, chum box as 17 gay men who refuse to come out. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, it's like that is the yeah. most offensive thing you could. Yeah, like, but, but actually, it's like an expose, <laughs> expose <laughs> on fucking these like straight camps. Yeah, but it's just ended up in the fucking chum box as like. <laughs> okay, so that's really good. So I like the idea of like, and maybe Jess, like the head Jessica, Nate titles them all, and she's <laughs> she's got some system. So like, all the journalists come back. So okay, there's another one here. Uh, you know, like someone go, like someone discovers that uh, um, an ailing athlete um, has like fallen over, and they're like one of the greatest NBA players of all time or something. And some doctor in Russia has like performed some amazing surgery to recover their like their legs, which were like going through degeneration or something and they like the world needs to know about this treatment and then it gets like these knee sleeves will transform your knees back 20 years (laughs) and and i think the end of every episode should be like them sitting down to see what um uh, jessica's called it and they read it and they're like a tear wells up in their eye because they're so proud of their story and they're like yes that's exactly what we should have called it. I'm so glad I'm making a difference. <laughs> that is, yeah, great. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I want this. I want this so much. I'm sorry. I'm right now. I'm I really want to. I really want to write all the backstories to all of <laughs> to these, all these chum articles. fucking articles. <laughs> like the more ridiculous, the more like, and the more serious. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you should be thinking about like, like, <laughs> like this one is also just awful. I'm just trying to think. Uh, so, like, okay, um, <laughs> I can't even think of how this you could spin this to actually be a, a meaningful article. Because uh, the article title is "The Top 15 Ugliest Celebrity Spouses." <laughs> like, <laughs> The top 15. Like, that's so more, right. But just. Yeah, I, I have no idea how to spin that. It's it's tough because you want to, like. Here's, okay, here's another one. Maybe you've got, like, um, <laughs> some, uh, some couple, you know, went missing in Australia and this journalist has tracked them for, like, months trying to find them. And and it turns out they they got like lost in the middle of the desert, and this ju- investigative journalist has like tracked down their car and realised that they left the car to go looking for water, and then they basically ended up dehydrating to death in the middle of the Simpson, like holding each other in each other's arms <laughs> and like crying as they died, kind of thing. Like that's the story. And then the the title is always put a plastic bottle on your tires when parked here's why <laughs> <laughs> oh so good so good <laughs> so like giving the chum box fucking legitimacy i think is just endlessly yeah. funny and entertaining <laughs> you know and like you could just and like you'd, you'd never be short of episodes of ideas for episodes because there's just millions of these articles right like well, they're basically generated, I guess, by AI and not very good AI at that. I think it's just like, take a topic, kind of use v- sort of regular syntax that like suggests a surprising discovery or, you know, unsuspecting kind of confluence of two ideas like doctors and a disease or, you know, f- fat people and diets or something. Mix them together, make it seem surprising, Google the main topic of the article and post the first picture you find and th- they're all that they're just like they're just they're generated they're definitely generated like okay so uh journalist what's the name of the main journalist um jessica hemming jessica hemming uh mm-hmm. discovers that um there's like a slave trade happening between like a supermarket chain that mm-hmm. and like there's like seriously fraud going on and they're laundering the money through the supermarkets to to run their slave trade mm-hmm. and um she gets a tip off and she like goes in and they call the article grocery store cashier reveals shopping secrets <laughs> shopping secrets <laughs> or like like a uh, uh they go into like a nursing home and discover that the nurses are like um, like drugging their the, the old folks to try and keep them, you know, <laughs> yep, docile, keep them docile and, and yeah. still, and in like a in, in a certain part of 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 Adelaide, South Australia, and um, mm-hmm. you know they get a tip off from one of the uh, one of the parents of the old folks when the nurses writes down, and they like discover and they expose, and all these people get arrested. Do these seven things, and you'll get Alzheimer's. <laughs> <laughs> what could that be? Do these seven things and you'll get Alzheimer's. No, like usually they're the opposite, right? Normally they're like, do this. Yeah, and don't prevent- avoid these. Yeah. yeah. But do these seven things and you get it. <laughs> I what okay, how about this one? Fuck, I could do this all day. Oh man. Um Okay, so this is about the <laughs> 
This is the the decline of the monarchy in Britain and the rise of like um sort of uh, republicanism and unionism and like anti-monarchism and the sort of degeneration of the social mores between uh the various members of the, <laughs> <laughs> the, the British royal the family fucking, fucking bucks <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the moment you say British royal family, it's like smack bang in the chumbuck. I'm trying to like plant it in some broader context. And, okay, it's about like, you know, putting sort of a, a good face on the on the British um, economy. And it's about br- sort of branding a new Britain post-Brexit. And the title is, How Meghan Markle Looks Without Makeup is Tough to Handle. <laughs> <laughs> Tough to handle. <laughs> Tough to handle is Jeez. really a mean way to phrase that. <laughs> like, like already- just saying, oh, your face, when I look at it, is hard for me. <laughs> it's hard for me to do it. Like, it's hard to handle. She's one of the most beautiful women in the world, and they're saying her face without makeup is not a fun time. Like, like just think about, like, you know, every day of my life when I wake up in the mirror... I see a mm-hmm. normal looking person when I go yep. to the when I go to the shops. I see normal looking people. Like mm-hmm. you know, we're all ugly. How ugly does she yeah. need to be for <laughs> for me to find it hard to handle? I mean, it's kind of a they've shot themselves in the foot here because their stupid AI has included a picture of her, and I'll oh, grant it doesn't look like she's plastered with makeup, but she she looks like. Stunning. <laughs> she looks more beautiful than anyone I've ever seen <laughs> in the real in the in the flesh. Wait, maybe that's wait, have I totally misread the point of the article? Wait, is the article saying it's tough to handle how good she looks? So with that beautiful. Makeup? Ah, see so oh, wait, do all these titles have a second meaning? They all wait, I'm rereading all of these. Cadillac's thrilling new lineup is finally here. F- thrilling but no, that one's just straight down the line. Maybe this one's good. Hairstyles for women over 50 with fine hair. Fine? No. Maybe they mean good hair. That's Guess lit. which celebrities have shit their pants in public. <laughs> <laughs> no. Wait. Could it mean, like, don't guess? Because guessing would be an inane and vacuous <laughs> waste of your time. Possibly. <laughs> What about this one? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Man felt itching in his nuts. Guess which guess what his wife found when she looked. Interesting. Well, this, so it could this be one's like a rough. <laughs> <laughs> could be yeah, you found a rough one. The, a sweeter than yours. Have you heard of the um, Brazilian butt lift? Uh, no, I don't think I have. It's one of the no, riskiest touch. cosmetic surgeries going around and it's kind of popularized okay. by, remember there's that Kim Kardashian, um, like photo of her. I think she's like popping a cork of champagne. It was going over her head and kind of landing on her bum. Mm, yep. Yep. Anyway. So that, f- wait, that inspired the, the butt lift? Uh, it looked, there was, there was around the time when it was starting to become very popular, this Brazilian butt lift, which is where they like okay. draw fat out of like hips or your belly or whatever. And they inject mm-hmm. it into your bum mm. to give you a big perky bum. Big old booty. Yeah. Mm. But it has been like, it was like one of the most, like, like a, it's got the highest kind of mortality rate of any like cosmetic surgery. It's wow. Really bad. And like, you know, obviously as soon as these kind of fads kick off, a mm. lot of people just kind of go for it. Certainly just wherever there's a high kind of cosmetic 
uh, trend. So obviously there's a lot in America and in some of the bigger cities in Australia, like mm. Sydney and stuff, they're you know, pretty big. And like, yeah, That's it goes bizarre. I, I na- yeah. yeah. I, I naively would have thought the opposite, that any work done in the sort of buttle region would, would be, be fairly safe. Yeah. Not, yeah, right. Yeah. No, it's, it turns out. You know, it's, it's, it's pretty like you could do a bunch of bunch of work on those cheeks and I, I would think it, you'd be fairly isolated from the rest of the sort of main organ. No, yeah, I guess, not. I guess the, yeah, there's something about the fat entering your bloodstream that I, I don't, mm. don't understand properly. Ten tips for determining if your ass is fat in a good or bad way. Ten tips for determining if your ass is fat in a good or bad way. <laughs> Oh, okay. So it's, it's just poorly written. It's very poorly written. <laughs> but I think we get the point, which is that the Brazilian butt lift is an extremely dangerous uh, operation. And here are some guidelines on here are some analyzing did, its impact. Here are ten tip. <laughs> Um, um, look, we could talk about this. We could we could bang on these ideas forever, and I think it just is is proven the pudding that it's a good idea for a show. I. Like, I would eat that up. Like, i just go forever. Who are your main... Who's your duo? Who are your main two? Who are your main actor? Yeah, that's a good question. Because you need someone that, like, can take themselves seriously, but then also someone with, like, excellent comedic deadpan... Right. Yeah, they... I, I think... Yeah, the guy... Yeah. I. They both need to be pretty... Um, they need to have done some serious stuff. I think you're right. They need to have proven their, like, serious chops that, like... They need to... When the time calls for a play sort of earnest uh they're both serious reporters they both care about their their readership and and so on because it's all um, hinges on like how serious they take it right it's total deadpan like there is there's no winks there's no hokiness what about jude law have we tried jude law in any of our shows before oh jude law is good i, was I think suggest- i mean he can be a bit funny when the time comes for it yeah yeah yeah. Not feel, too I'm, funny it's not, not too funny like i mean like a like a like he had a semi-humorous role in um sherlock holmes that's true and i and- I, I think calling it semi-humorous <laughs> exactly hits hits the uh, nail on the head. Yeah, well, um, yeah. That's <laughs> we'll call it like at no point was it outright funny, but it was always you know in a kind of British way a little bit funny, a little bit funny. Like is this um, milk? Off? Yeah, the young Pope was also extremely good. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen that, but I've heard only great things. Oh, please do yourself a favor and watch it. Yeah, watch it. I will uh-huh. put it on the list, won't I? <laughs> Well, will you? Well, will I? <laughs> well, will I? Will I? Will I? Will I? Um, and what about Jessica with a bottom? What was Jessica her name? Hemming. Hemming. <laughs> with a bottom. And Jessica with a bottom. Um, Once again, you need someone who has played serious roles with good comedic timing. Yeah. What about Helen Hunt? Have we done a Helen Hunt before? I actually think we may have done a Helen Hunt at some point. Okay. And explain your Helen Hunt. I'm not surprised. Explain. Explain Helen Hunt? Explain, yeah, why why Helen Hunt. I think she can be funny. Um, For example, she was in the semi-humorous What Women Want. And don't forget about... As a fairly... About what? Mad About You? Was she mad about you? She was mad. She was mad about you. Um, which you know, that's funny. As good as it gets, that's funny. That's funny. Twister. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Yeah. Castaway. She's hilarious in that. She's, Castaway. She was very funny. Pay it forward. Hilarious. That was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> she hasn't done a lot of funny things, but the the funny things she has done, she was good. Like what women want. 
she brought the heat to what I wouldn't watch what women want again if Helen Hunt wasn't in it. Luckily, she is in it, so I can keep watching it once a month, as is my want. <laughs> um, but if yeah, if I had to skip her scenes, I would be um, I'd be much much saddened by that arbitrary rule <laughs> of of calling off the hunt. No hunting season, um, as you would call it. It's a national park here, boys. No hunt. Can't watch Helen Hunt movies anymore. Sorry about that. The hunt is off, guys. Have I made my point? Yeah, great. And you know, to be honest with you, you know, the more I think about it, the more I think that you need like a really good dynamic team. You know, like I'm just I'm really picturing the spotlight mm. dynamic. You know, they had um, yeah, yeah. You know, Rachel McAdams and uh, uh, bloody. I think it was Batman. Oh yeah, um, Ben Affleck. No, uh, no. You know, Batman. Michael Keaton. There's got to be a better way. Oh, yes. Yeah, I'm, thinking of, um, I'm thinking of... I'm thinking of... I can't remember a single movie right now. We're going to stop getting high um, before we do these podcasts. <laughs> um, uh, state of Play. State of Play. Also very good. Like, oh, yeah. Russell Crowe and... Um, yeah, yeah, Russell Crowe and, yeah. and Affleck. Uh, but yeah, they got like a Mark Ruffalo, Rachel McAdams, Michael Keaton, Lee Schreiber. Uh, it, like, yeah, get the, know, get them all. A, get them all. It's like a here. good, like fun team. They've all got their quirks, and they're all like working together yeah. to uncover the big mystery around um, the systemic cover up of sexual abuse in the Catholic Church. Yeah, I want mm-hmm. that kind of team dynamic in this. You know, really like yeah. you got to drive home that drama and that energy to um to pull off the chumbok. Yeah, it's got to be. It's got to have a lot of like scenes of quick cuts in the sort of. Um, the writing room where they're like throw maybe throwing a ball to each other and they're like okay but they're trying to uncover yeah but where like follow the follow the money where did oh that like I, of course but we talked to him before yeah but do you remember what was written on the letter sitting on his like nightstand oh shit throw me the ball and they're sort of like bouncing yeah, it all great, around great, like great, really great. late late at night trying to uncover you know these um they're really trying to uncover like what to try if your dog needs his glands expressed and why a vet would be interested in telling the world about that they really want to know odd trick destroys erectile dysfunction and what that odd trick is yeah okay like (laughs) okay i've just got a question right is it gonna be like yeah ask away i feel like the okay is that each episode is a totally new article that they do, or do we spend a season of them like uncovering five tricks that doctors just don't want you to know about? <laughs> like, what is like that's a that's a long time like, for like, the payoff of I mean. the final shot of the season. The cliffhanger is you see the headline and it's five <laughs> things. That Another one. Someone scrolling <laughs> to the bottom of fucking the yeah. mirror and <laughs> they. They find I mean, that what is the a Bible more... says about money in brackets. Fascinating. <laughs> what if we have our cake and eat it too? What if you you the joke is clear that every episode they put some work in and it all that comes of it is some clickbaity, um, scummy, chummy title. But then over the arc, Chris comes in. And he's like, "No, I'm going to reform. I'm going to reform this. I'm going to make it more like long form. We're going to get it on front pages of newspapers. This is not going to end up in the chum box anymore. It's going to end up in the chum rag in the the printed news." And he spends a whole season with his team uncovering essentially something of the caliber of a, a suppressed Catholic sex cult. But yeah, uncovers this whole thing and is so proud. 
and then takes it to Jessica and she's like, my God, like you, f- you did it. You pulled it off. All the, the powers that be wanted to bury this, but you pulled it off. I don't know how you did it. And he like opens up the news article the next day expecting to see it like front page of CNN. Can't see it. Scroll, 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 scroll. And there it is like 12 things never to do with your choir boy. And he's like, yes, actually, this feels right. This is where it belongs, amongst the charm. Amongst the charm. I did it. The creme of the, the charm. The world doesn't need to know. Yeah. Yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. kind of like Bat- like Batman. He's Batman. So, okay, great. So, we have, we, have, we have the B stories, which is like lots of articles, and then we have one very, very big one that is... Yeah, that still ends up being it's still a chum, but it's just like an yeah. interesting case with twists and turns. That, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That that ends with sixty-eight-year-old grandma outsmarts Botox doctors, <laughs> looks forty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's involved like the death threats on this grandma, and yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It, like such a journey, and it's. It's secret. All the Jessica like, pull out of it is yeah. her Botox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's real. Um, yeah, Dan, I, I love this idea. It's a lot of fun. Um, I give it as many seasons as there are, as as long as you can, as long as there are Chumbox articles to use. There That's is the problem, there are it? episodes, and as long as it doesn't get old, like yeah, it probably will eventually. I, can see it I think old. it will eventually. I, oh, I mean, all ideas run their course, but I think you could ring. A lot out of this chum box. I mean, you'd say about chum box, right? You say like, surely they'll stop. Surely these articles have to stop working eventually. Nah, <laughs> nope. They, there's millions. It's whatever. What's the equivalent of infinite scroll for TV? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because I think that's what you could do. You just—it's basically Netflix just suggests the next episode. It doesn't even have seasons. Well, it has a first season for that good payoff, but after season one, it just blends into like ah, season season one's still going. I thought yeah. that was a cliffhanger. <laughs> Wait, are we still in season one? I've I've lost track. Now we're at the bottom, and it's still scrolling. Uh, and Netflix is still suggesting. <laughs> you're like, and it's all like computer when does generated this season this finish? Yeah, you go to the bottom, and it says just load <laughs> yeah. more always. <laughs> exactly, it's just a dot, little ellipsis at the end. <laughs> Great. We'll take a break, and we'll be back with more after this word from our sponsor. Dogs should eat food, not burnt brown balls. <laughs> Secret brain pill billionaires are using. Keep your prostate great. Do this daily. And it's a picture of, I guess, an economist in a news interview, like with his mouth open as if he's saying something smart. She had no idea why people looked at her until later. And welcome back to Steamy Potential, where we discuss great ideas for great television shows uh we just had one that we heard called the chum box which was fabulous people come up with ideas for uh where investigative journalists uh, uh, to uncover big secrets end up uh as those shitty articles that you see at the bottom of every trashy website a lot of fun endless ideas uh just 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 really solid engine to work with and proving the pudding mm. we ended up chatting about it for Basically, the entire length of this episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and if you think for one hot second that we could trim any of it, you are out of your mind because um, there is steam leaking out of every orifice. Ah, it's like a, feel it. a cartoon kid that eats a chili, you know? That is just. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it is explosive. Um, so, usually when, we, when, we, when we're low on time, because we don't like to leave on just one idea. 
Um, you know, mm. we, we've got to keep these ticking along. We're going to get to that sweet hunji. What we like to do is, is something we like to call the fusion dance, where we take uh, someone else's intellectual property or two mm-hmm. different intellectual properties and, and we, we combine them. Um, some past favorites have been uh, Superman and Bilbo Baggins, uh, mm-hmm. that former team. We've had... Uh, uh, Godzilla and Sherlock Holmes, where mm-hmm. they, they get together to 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 solve mysteries. Solve crimes, and I guess. Yep. Godzilla's just destroying shit by accident all the time. Every time he turns of around. Course. And uh, my favorite one is um, the Sackler family and Roger Federer. Mm. Uh, where I mean, powerful team up. Neither of those people are intellectual properties. They're actual people. But, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's probably uh, technically like slander. Yeah, <laughs> more than more than like it's mainly defamation, um, misuse of IP. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, where where the Sackler family uh, uses the the well, the Sackler family and their awful reputation kind of mm-hmm. like a kind of piggyback like a off the flawless reputation of uh, of uh, Federer, of Federer, Jeff, of Arfed. Uh, they yeah. pump him full of opioids and get him to rep their company. <laughs> Just string him up, and you kind of watch yeah. this man's body falling apart, but he can't feel a thing. Because he is no, he's a numbass. <laughs> but when he da- goes for those dives, um, he's like he's like Gumby. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Am I saying that right, Gumby? Uh, I, if I guess said Gumby. Do you? Does that make any sense? I mean, I know Gumby. I'm I'm a big Gumby fan. Yeah. Yeah. He's like Gumby. Oh, thank God. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Pool. He's your, um, if you need a friend, then Gumby's the powerful. Um, what do you got today, oh, Dan? Yeah. So, well, we can either do a mashup. Um, or we can do it like raw. We can raw dog this one. So, <laughs> my suggestion is a TV show called Matrix Resurrections. Mm-hmm. Now, this pre this presupposes that um, there were three Matrix movies, which were universally adored, and then unfortunately they couldn't quite get the energy to to make a fourth one and get it off the ground. So instead, they gave you and I the sort of creative rights. To the Matrix franchise and said, make us a, uh, a live action TV show. Um, and importantly, don't make any of the mistakes that we might have made if we'd made a movie out of it. So we would have to avoid those kind of mistakes, hypothetically, whatever they might be. Um, now we can either take a crack at this raw doggin, or we can mix in some other IP with the Matrix. For example, Gumby. Okay. So. Or just raw. Right. Because I like p- part of me, like, so when I. We went to see The Matrix. Yes, on New Year's Day. Um, I on New Year's Day, I uh, I loathed it, and I thought, wouldn't it be nice to have another crack at this? I and really like, hope that uh, it wasn't reflective of the year that we're going to have, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty rough way to start the year. Yeah, uh, yeah. If you've seen that film, we're sorry. Is mm, we're terribly sorry, but maybe like together we can heal by sort of imagining a different possibility. Um, so I, I sketched out, like, one option with how this could go. Take, take this or leave it, and, and then, you know, throw out your own version. So maybe it's like, um, fuck, I'm reading these notes now, and <laughs> I think I wrote them soon after seeing the movie, and maybe I was just filled with so much anger and so much, like, hallucinogenics. Let me, okay, let me try and sketch it out in 30 seconds. So we, go, we cut back to Neo, he's like 22 again like how the movie starts the first movie he's work he's at work and he hangs up the phone um so basically you use clips from the first movie and it turns out his dad is on the other end of the phone so we learn who matrix uh <laughs> learn who neo's dad is and it turns out that neo is 
that that Neo's dad created the Matrix, and he has put Neo into it to like cure his depression or something. And he sent Neo on like this hero story to discover like his his self esteem. And his dad can like watch him as he goes through the story of the Matrix. And we we also cut. So the dad is like creating AI in the real world, but he's like testing it out on Neo's in Neo's head. Is this anything? This was a while ago. <laughs> There's we can trim this. Um, okay, we could trim all this. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I feel like I'm not kind of capturing the essence of the idea, partly because I've forgotten what the idea was. I feel like you came in with so much fervor and very <laughs> quickly I was ran so out sure. of steam. I was so I was like, yes, Matrix idea, I've got it. And then Neo's I opened the, the notes and I was like, this is uh, nothing. <laughs> I feel like I, I had a thread that I knew what it was and then I quickly jotted it down and I was like in the moment and now I can't make heads or tails of it. Uh, uh, it is my Matrix 4 idea. Okay. Okay. Good. Um, it's re- like that gets reversed. So mm-hmm. like um, Morpheus is is hanging out and, yep. um, you know, it's 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 been the end of the third one. I'm going to spoil some third ones if you haven't seen it yet. Um, I mean, it's been like 20 years, so <laughs> get on that. Yeah, I do chance. Um, <laughs> so, you know, Neo's, you know, like they've, they've just won the war against the robots. The robots have agreed not to, or rather that peace has happened and, and now the human race can exist in this city. But of course, Neo's dead mm-hmm. and it's all very sad. And mm-hmm. Neo's sitting there, uh, Morpheus is sitting there, and then um, he gets like a message and it's like, follow the, the rabbit hole. And mm. he's getting all these messages from Neo, but it doesn't make sense because Neo's dead. And that's when he mm-hmm. discovers that the real world is what Morpheus thought was the Matrix. And this freaky dystopian world that he lives in is actually the Matrix. And Okay, so this is interesting. So you're saying, because there is a kind of pervasive uh, like conspiracy theory that there's like multiple layers to the matrix right that the, the work like the zion and so on like either so-called real world is just another layer of the matrix but you're saying maybe it's not that it's just straight up flip it's every time they jack into the matrix they're actually jacking out of the matrix into the real world yeah that's right every time they're jacking mm-hmm. it into the matrix <laughs> they're actually jacking out <laughs> yeah and the thing is that they don't tell you that if you jack off in the Matrix, you do do a calm in real life. <laughs> and so, all these times when you see in the movies, basically, Neo and Trinity boning down in and out of the Matrix, you just keep cutting to the the programmer who's just sitting there and and Neo's body <laughs> has just got general. a huge wet stain on his pants. I mean, He's you, just lying when there. When they wake up in those tubs, that liquid is not meant to be there. <laughs> yeah. That's decades of <laughs> no, jacking that's it. that's all of their, like, teenage years. <laughs> just- I mean, like, take all of the crusty sheets that you've ever produced <laughs> and boil them down into one vat. And then seal off that vat so it stays <laughs> exactly. wet forever. <laughs> yeah. And doesn't go stiff like it should. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so yeah, my my, my theory is that actually the robots are tricking people out of into the matrix, which is this machine world. Okay, look, um, there's going to be plenty of that's holes interesting. because <laughs> I've given this <laughs> we'll no thought em. as to 
any of this. this is Nick, you've given it less thought <laughs> than me, and my one's got more holes than you. <laughs> and we've given it less thought, both of us, than Lana Wachowski, and hers has got more holes than ours. So, <laughs> let's not beat around the bush here. If it's holy, then that's fine. If it's holy, it can be steamy, and that's all right. So, this is... I, I like this. Like, this is a re... It's a, like a reimagining of the entire trilogy, right? Because yeah. you're going to have to go back and basically, like... Yeah. At some point, the holes start to be too big that um, then, you start to lose track of what is whole and what is kind of the, the skeleton of this thing that right. is not whole. <laughs> then you've got to ask yourself, is it a hole or is there just... <laughs> or is it just yeah. bits of idea floating around? <laughs> <laughs> bits of idea floating with no connective tissue uh, in which to form a hole. <laughs> Um, at the moment, it feels a little bit like, yeah, big just chunks of idea floating in a cum vat. <laughs> um, or what I might call a chum box. Um, hmm. ten, ten ideas for the Matrix that Lana Wachowski just would not <laughs> just, want you to know about. <laughs> I'm looking at the fourth film and, like, the hmm. fourth film is, you know, just almost a carbon copy of the first one. You know, I mean, not a carbon mm-hmm. copy, but like, you know, the premise is the same, right? And he is back in the Matrix. They did a Star Wars. He's got to get out. Yeah. Like, that's what the premise of the thing is. In the Matrix, got to mm-hmm. get out of the Matrix. That's what the first one was. He's in the Matrix, got to get out of the Matrix. Great. Great, great, great. Yeah. Uh, but we just had that. So let's, like, if you're going to remake it exactly the same, then, mm-hmm. like, just, like, flip it. Just make it, like, just really subvert it then. Why not just, you know, mm-hmm. like, if Star Wars is going to remake it, then make the good guys the bad guys, the bad guys the good guys. Like, that, that'll be interesting. It's like, ah, oh, no way. Like all this, like all this work wasn't for nothing because Neo dying and and it was actually him learning the truth so that he can save all these people in Zion who are jacked into the real Matrix. You know, I think that's yeah. that's kind of a big problem with a lot of these sequels that occur twenty years after the fact, and that is they often undo what the f- original films did. It's like, well, what was the point of any of that if mm. Neo's just back yeah. in the Matrix and we're just redoing this all again? It's like, what was the point of those yeah. films? you got to have some kind of mm-hmm. progression. So, you know, maybe th- I feel like with this idea, although you're getting that delicious, it's going to be pretty much the same story. Mm-hmm. At least there is a bit of progression with it. Yeah, I, I I think that's cool. And then you could like, why not really flip it? Like the, the machines... <sighs> What is it? The machines are people, people machines, blah, 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 something. Am I touching something? Um, like, uh, like maybe the, the people who have hands for feet and feet for hands. <laughs> That's interesting. Um, maybe like, are you saying the machines actually are saving the people because... Um, yeah, I mean... Maybe the Matrix it's- is actually a life support. Not not a Can not I, a fuel cell battery. When I first saw the th- second, third one, I can't remember which whichever one. Like it's hard all, like, because all they the blend into they do blend <laughs> into um, a massive moment, action sequences and quiet sp- spoken dialogue. That's true, and a couple really unpleasant sex scenes. Um, <laughs> but. The th- I guess it's the third one that shows it most. When the the swarm of squids um, come, the sentinels start to to flood into the city, and there's just so many millions of them that I thought, like when I first saw that, I thought it'd be cool if the story was that they're like using humans to control the the squids, so that like they're not only using the humans' power, but you've basically got kind of like how in in the Matrix the the machines will 
take over a human, right, with the agents. They'll, like, um, jack into a human and use their sort of body and construct or whatever and then control it. I thought it would be cool if, if it turned out that all of the, the sentinels that were being used in the army in that battle were kind of matched one-to-one to a human in the Matrix and that they were, they were like, being commanded in some way. I don't know. This, oh, yeah, I just like this... the idea of, of, like, a human having a real-world uh, entity and a Matrix entity and those two somehow being reflective in some way. That's interesting. Like, they kill one of those, the sentinels, the squids, and they, like, crack it open and there's a fucking human inside of it. Yeah, I mean, I guess I didn't think, like, literally that... I I thought, I guess, that they were sort of, like, remotely... (laughs) Okay, so, yeah. Yeah, also, (laughs) okay, so they crack open... This is more... This is more good for me. They crack open a squid and it's actually, like, a puppeteer inside. It's uh, it's um, Henson. It's millions of Jim Hensons, <laughs> and they're all ro- they're all like controlling these Sentinels, not with robotics, but basically with strings, uh, <laughs> kind of strings and tape and pulley systems. Is that anything? <laughs> Is that Matrix? That's Matrix Four, baby. <laughs> That's me. It's Matrix Four. We do away with the uh, the groundbreaking CGI and uh, yeah, and we realized that there were no machines at all. Just, <laughs> There's never been any machine. No one's invented a machine. That's insane. Yeah. That's no, in your head. It was just, <laughs> it was just like just a bunch of puppets. Know, Taiwan, <laughs> like Taiwan went rogue and created a whole thing and all these robots. It's just a it's bunch just, of Taiwanese people. Just a bunch of just a bunch of tape and strings and <laughs> and what we just forgot and felt. We just got very lost. Mm. Um, have we come up with anything in this last 22 minutes? <laughs> yeah, that's the, that is the ultimate question. Have we come up with something that's full of holes? Or again, have we just come up with a big fatter cum? That is, that is the Matrix. You can't really poke a hole in it because no, there's nothing to poke in. And if you did, you'd just get cum all over you. So yeah, it's probably not, not a good idea to, to, to poke a hole in those sacks. Okay, look, I, I, think, I think we go into the idea that... Um, we, I, I, I fl- go with that 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 first idea that that I, that I hit onto. You know, we got we flip it. Yeah, we flip it. Flip it. And Great. now Morpheus has to reconcile with, mm. um, with, uh, yeah, with with kind of getting turned inside out again. Yeah, they're back this time. And also, personal. it'll be a real mind fuck for the watcher, for the viewer, because mm-hmm. we'll all be like, like, n- no, wait, no. Wait, who's right? Shit, who's right? Yeah. You know, yeah. that will be the true wrestle. It'd be a real inception moment, right? Like, is he dreaming? Is he not dreaming? Like, yeah. you know, like... Kind of like they tried to do in Matrix 4, no spoilers, for all of maybe 30 seconds. And yeah. And gave up. Yeah, yeah, and then... But you would you would commit to that. Yeah, commit to that. Because that that's like... That's the fun thing of. The, I mean, that was like the big thing of the Matrix. It was like, whoa, so cool. Like, like mm. you mm. also came to terms with the fact that it's like you know, you, at the start, the agents almost seem like they're on your side. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like at the like yeah. the very first film, it's like you know, like uh, this is you know, there's Trinity sitting in there, and they're, they're like, come along. They're like, did you? He's like, we sent a couple men to get her, and he's like, your men are already dead. Like, mm-hmm. great line. Yeah, already. And it's also, then there's like, oh, okay, right. So she's the bad guy. And like, you know, you're yeah. kind of worried for Neo that he's getting like sucked in to this. And then, then you realize mm. 
the reality. So yeah, like like and that's the fun part, you know, kind of sorting out through your own what you want to believe. Take the blue pill, take the red pill. Mm. So yeah, let's have a little bit of that. I love it. I think you've saved this idea. I, I'm a little bit hurt that you didn't use kind of most of my great ideas. I wasn't which, really... Again, I'm not sure exactly what they are. I'm sure what they but were. But something about... And then it turns out that his dad Neo's dad is... <laughs> I just... Is trying to about, fucking help him out all the time. Actually... It does remind me, okay, well, way over time, but can I just quickly pitch this for like food for thought? Just yes. one, one last thing. Neo's dad slips him like 50 bucks. It was like, <laughs> don't tell yeah. you my mate. Little pineapple. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Little Neo pineapple. <laughs> but do people have parents in the Matrix? This is something I never understood. Like people, when people have, can people have sex in the Matrix, do they do a nut in real life? Uh, or are they, they're artificially inseminating, I guess, these test tube babies, in which case no one has actual parents i assume in the so-called well i guess your parents are assuming they use someone's eggs and someone's sperm yeah but i guess there's no reason they have to pick the parents that are chosen in the matrix right and i guess yeah it seems like they still end up people look there's still the concept of like people looking the same and yeah yeah yeah. science and genetics all of this still exists in the matrix i guess now i'm just getting the matrix yeah right i got it man they gotta do a lot of work when like two random people match up to like and like yeah they gotta go out from this pod and egg from that pod and like yeah so they look kind of the same don't want to mess it up how are they getting the, how are they getting that out of the of the the guy as well? Do they like come a little machine and just kind of like yeah? I think it's a machine. Suck and up I think a they have to do it in real time, <laughs> as they actually have sex in the Matrix. It's a little machine hand just fucking just just working away <laughs> at his yeah. shaft, with a little bottle to collect it. Yeah, and then do mm. they immediately once the baby comes out? Yeah, I guess do they immediately pop it into the matrix so they pop those holes and plugs into it immediately or you know like how, how soon can you have this machinery well now we get into this whole dicey area of when does life in the matrix begin and should we allow matrix abortion like does life in the matrix begin at conception <laughs> or do we allow kind of like a a 28 week thing because what if someone in the matrix has an abortion do then they respect the wish of that person in the matrix and not use the egg for the that energy inseminated yeah for the energy or just go ahead and do it anyway and that person just pops into existence i guess as a baby lying in a gutter and who like survives and comes to fruition but if you die in the matrix you die in real life again why did they even the mind survive the body that a lot of tricky questions that the first three movies pose in which the fourth one doesn't and yeah which the fourth one doesn't ceases to answer and so maybe that's mm. what this fourth one is it's really just an explain all it's just wrapping up <laughs> it's filling in all like all the scenes that you saw, which were like really cool, and there's heaps of battles and stuff. It's all the bits where like they're sitting on the Nebuchadnezzar, and Neo's like, "So explain to me again, like what happens with a baby?" And Trinity's like, "Okay, let me get the whiteboard again." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <sighs> there are four stages. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real just the machine to <laughs> milks the cum. <laughs> so every time I did it, yeah, you pumped it out into your cum bath <laughs> the whole, I, my whole life i was sleeping in that yes and like you look how good you your skin is for someone who's just <laughs> been <laughs> that's true pale but it's gonna be pale yeah i mean yeah you're gonna be pale you haven't seen the sun but yeah 
I mean, you got to like melt the cum down. But you are in a soft. Microwave. Well, yeah, so I mean, it's not going to. It it's going to come out as little crystals, otherwise. Little ice blocks. <laughs> um, is this anything? <laughs> I feel like we've converged towards the right answer here. Yeah, I think Matrix Four should definitely be a sit-down, sixty-minute style explain-all mm-hmm. about. With exclusive interviews from Trinity, from that robot with a baby's <laughs> Tr- face. Trinity, the character. The character. Yeah. Uh, that robot face baby thing. Yep. The leader of the robots. And Morpheus. Yep. And maybe um, Jada Pinkett Smith. Um, mm. Just sitting down and just really for an hour and 20 minutes i guess it's probably the minimum mm-hmm. i think if you got into 80 yeah. minutes it's not a feature um <laughs> squeeze out squeeze out <laughs> most of it's umming and ahhing just, yeah. these are not well trained just performers, a bunch but. of questions <laughs> and friends with you like and it's great because i feel like Keanu Reeves as an actor is would probably be interested to know as well because I don't think he really knows what's going on. Certainly, the fourth one looks really confused. Yeah, yeah. so I think like he had his chance to ask a lot of these questions in the first movie, and I think he was thinking like, oh, I'll ask him in the second one. I'll ask him during filming in the second one, and then he got to that point, and everyone assumed he knew. I mean, everyone's missed their chance to sort of explain. explain what's going yeah, on. So he's like, yeah, he's just going along with it. He's like, you're in the Matrix. Mm-hmm. He's not really sure what that means, but <laughs> <No>. <laughs> all he knows is when he does a cum in the Matrix, <laughs> it makes his pants wet in real life. <laughs> oh, good. Um, great. I think on that note, maybe we'll uh, call it uh, for a close on episode twenty. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Uh, so on this thanks episode, for joining us. Yeah, thanks for joining us. This episode, you saw mm, Chumbox, where we yeah. Chum, chum rag. Chum rag. It could also be just called chum box. Chum rag. The chum rag where uh, investigative journalists uh, uncover big mysteries that end up as the shitties articles that are on websites. And we also fixed the Matrix, I think. Oh, thank God. Yeah. We answered a lot more questions than we asked, which I think is important at this stage. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. unlike Matrix 4, we did ask some questions and also answer some. Yeah. <laughs> At least those And a whole bunch more Great, thanks for Thanks for going on this journey with me A very cum-filled journey, I will add uh, Heavy on the cum uh, And that's yeah, alright so Thanks, Nick I appreciate your Your partnership and your friendship, as always As always With you also That I appreciate that Sweet uh, We'll see you next week For another episode Cheers, guys Thank you.